0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Codurions Talks, the podcast where we talk about all things technology, software development, and craftsmanship. I am Jose, JR Huerta, on Twitter and LinkedIn, and I'll be your host in today's session. And we're here today with Fernando Díaz Garrido, CTO of Mercadona Tech. He's a speaker and a firm practitioner and supporter of extreme programming practices at Agile. And Fernando and his team ensure that uh, that backbone, all of those deliveries and that you do online uh, can actually be fulfilled uh, effectively. Before we go into today's topic, which is, you know, what are the challenges of making something like that work in today's market. Um, for those who don't know what the brand is, or maybe don't know about Mercadona, maybe they're not from Spain, uh, Fernando, could you give a brief intro to what Mercadona is, just to, to set the context?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Jose. It's a pleasure. Um, so um yeah what what is mercadona i guess there, there might be some people that don't know uh, mercadona i'm sure that everyone uh listening to us from from spain can uh, can relate to what it is uh basically they probably bought there sometimes, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh mercadona is basically the biggest uh market supermarket chain in in spain uh we basically have more than 1600 uh brick and mortar uh shops throughout the whole uh spain we're Starting to uh, expand into uh, Portugal with uh, with a few stores, um, and uh, I guess to uh, to to some people, uh, Mercadona has become a little bit of a uh, of a hit in terms of uh, the product. So uh, we we one the values of the of the companies uh, to keep changing. Right, uh, we say that uh, in Mercadona, the only thing that doesn't change is the only, the only thing that doesn't change is change, right? We uh, we keep on changing, uh, so we do that uh, in our products and in our way of uh, of doing things. So uh, basically, that um, that has uh, created a little bit of a culture behind the uh, uh, the company,
0: and it's a it's a culture that uh, it, it runs not only in technology but throughout the business, right? Because the the experience between shopping, you know, at uh, groceries, not at, at the store and Shopping for groceries online is is quite different. So, why Mercadona Tech? Like, what's the what's the idea behind
1: it? So, um, I guess like all of the uh, big companies, uh, Mercadona is a you know they a forty year old uh, plus company. Uh, so, as all uh, big companies, these kind of new channels to uh, uh to sell all well, the online world uh, has been a Difficult uh, a difficult task to uh, to tackle. Um, so Mercadona has, from many years ago, uh, has been able has been trying to uh, to basically fix their online uh, presence. They do have an online presence, and they uh, they have had it for a long time, from since like 21 years ago. Uh, but uh, they they have always uh, had a, a big problem with uh, with this uh, channel, which is it's always uh being losing a lot of money okay and uh in a business when something uh you have something that makes money like the brick and mortar uh, shops in this case and uh a channel that doesn't make any money and actually loses money uh it was it has not been treated in the uh, maybe the uh, the way that it had to be treated uh so basically that website that online channel that we had 20 years uh, ago is the same channel that it's still uh serving many of our of our customers right and I mean you can guess the quality uh of that channel uh is not up to the to the standards. Uh you know, actually from the words of our uh president of Juana Roach is pure shit. I mean it's not is a, it's, it's not a um it's it's not a secret to us, right? So it's not the greatest. It's not the greatest. Uh, <laughs> um so uh basically since a few years ago uh mercadona has tried to uh to to fix that problem uh with maybe a little bit of a traditional digital approach uh, always with external uh external help and basically throughout the uh, the years time and time that project to basically bring back a, a, up to the standards uh of mercadona uh, channel has has been has been failing so in uh, 2017 uh, basically the approach changed a little bit and uh, uh, basically w- that's how, how Mercadona Tech was born uh, with an approach of okay let's so you guys are pretty
0: uh, are pretty new then so 17 that's
1: yeah three three four years so now yeah, three four years yeah and a pandemic in between, we will we'll talk about that, but uh, so we do, we actually do give uh, badges batches for, uh, for the anniversaries. So like one year batch, two year batch, three year batch. So we are starting to, uh, to give out uh, four year batches. So that's, uh, that's how we okay.
0: Do. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so again, it's, it's, you talked about a few, uh, things there. One is, you know, the expectations in, in today's world of, you know, Amazon's and so on, right? Like the, the consumer, let's say, has uh, really high expectations about what you know, how fast he's going to get things and and so on, right? And that is one of those things that I guess can be really complicated, especially if you're talking about groceries, right, or, or perishables, things that you know, if they stay too long, there, it's not like you can have them in a you know, in a shelf somewhere and just use them whenever you want, right? So that's that's one big area of, of you know, high expectations that need to be met. No, uh, what other what other challenges uh, do you see in, in that space? Yeah, so
1: that's that's definitely one of the biggest changes that, that, that challenges that we that we do face on uh, doing groceries online. Right, it's uh, the the online world has started with uh, with uh, basically um, companies that in a very good and lean way. Uh, started to to ship and to uh, tackle certain industries which were very easily uh transported so it had a very easy uh logistic side um but then when you get uh, uh and that created a, like an expectation from from your users of uh, okay so if i have an online channel then it should be uh same day delivery or next day delivery and it should be for free right um but when you start to uh, to get into industries which are uh, much difficult to achieve that, then uh, meeting that expectation that has been created by the online channels uh, is is much harder. Just to to give some examples, our uh, our average uh, order could be a ninety kilo order, which is basically composed of several cases up. So like maybe like a 1.9 meters of uh, of height. Uh, those 90, uh, 80, 90 uh, kilos. And uh, and it's not only that that is difficult to transport. It's also that it has to be transported within, for example, different um, different temperatures. So we do have the normal groceries which can go into the normal temperature. But then we do have things like uh, uh, fruit and vegetables should be uh, below three degrees or uh, 12 degrees. Uh, meat and and produce should be uh, below three degrees, and we do sell uh, frozen goods, right? So that has to be also uh, b- uh, below ten, ten, uh, below zero uh, degrees. So doing that, preparing that, and transporting that is a huge challenge, which takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. Um, and, and the expectation of that being free uh, and that being done uh, within, for example, same day, uh it is a huge challenge that gap is a huge challenge for us to uh to meet because the reality is that the cost of uh, of any of those orders fulfilling that and, and delivering that can be can range between 20 30 40 euros uh but the expectation of, of our customers is well it should be free right uh coming from 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 other industries where that is possible right another example in one of our trucks uh we can fit. Maximum 15, 15, orders. Maybe uh, Amazon with the normal electronics can fit hundreds of uh, of orders, right? So, so um, that creates some logistics and logistics uh, so realities. It's not even challenges; it's realities uh, that basically are really uh, confront directly with the uh, with the expectations of our uh, of our customers.
0: It almost sounds like th- there is, you know, you go online and you see your website, you no, know, and you're, um, you know, you 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 filling your card and click and pay, but it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of work that happens behind the curtain, so to speak, you no, know, in order to make uh, things happen, and all of that is, is all of that automated. Like, uh, walk us a little bit, you know. Whatever you can, yeah, I can share. disclose, no, uh, uh, on on how that process works. How, how much of it is automated? How much of it, you know, is your team involved in coordinating all this yeah. stuff?
1: So yeah, that is uh, one of the, I guess, curious things about the things that we do. We we are usually seen because of the experience. What you were saying, right? What the customer sees is just filling the card, doing the checkout, and and finishing the um, the order. Uh, so we are usually seeing as an e-commerce uh, mainly e-commerce team while I would say eighty percent or even more than eighty percent of the efforts uh, and the innovation that we're doing comes from everything that happens behind the scenes. Um, so basically, what happens uh, behind the scenes what what we do we we've gone with a, a, an approach which is what is usually called a have and a spoke so we basically center in in hubs which are dark stores which are basically uh, it behaves on the Mercadona logistics system as a store but it's close to the to the customers uh, so basically we group uh, all of the demand for certain cities in in these uh, stores and then uh, basically um, all of the all of the teams that are not in the e-commerce side what they uh, what they are focused on is on one of the uh, on the following things is basically starting from filling that warehouse. So how do we uh, fill this warehouse in the more in the most uh, optimal optimal way, right? Uh, ordering what we need but not more than what we need because then with things like meat and then it goes to waste. Yeah, and then it yeah. goes to waste. You have to throw it away, right? So so that is in terms of society that is losing. And in terms of money, it's losing, right? And in terms of morale, it's, you don't want to be throwing things uh, things away. Uh, so that is one vertical that we have. Then once that you start filling the, the warehouse, then you have to say where does each product goes. So we do have a, a vertical uh, team or a streamlined uh, value stream uh, team, which basically is uh, trying to optimize uh, the location of the products for the preparation to be the most uh, the most efficient. Then we have another team that basically um, optimizes all of the process of um, creating those orders. So to to basically put things in 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 bags. Uh, then we do have a team that basically uh, is in charge of once that the orders are finished. How do we um, consolidate the different the different parts of the of the order because an order gets broken into the frozen parts, the, the bake the uh, uh, grocery and load the trucks. And then there is a a final uh, vertical, which basically is in charge of um, creating the best routes for our trucks, which are um, in-house trucks. for them to to do the the best routes that they can have to uh, the traveling salesman exactly, <laughs> problem, no? <laughs> exactly, a very a very fancy uh, way of solving the uh, travel salesman. So as as you can see, there is lots of things that you don't see if uh, if you just you know you just see a a person coming to to your door with a lot of uh, a lot of groceries, uh, and it seems like magic, and even. You know the, the again talking about expectations. You expect well if you don't have the store, uh, you're you're uh, earning a lot of um, you're you're not losing or you you don't have to to invest so much money, right? So this should be cheaper, but you're not seeing all of that 40 minutes that it takes to uh, uh, to prepare the 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 actual order, the uh, loading that into a truck, getting the truck into your house, loading that into the elevator, getting up. I'm loading it in your house. You know, there is a lot of things that goes into there that is not seen and and uh, usually not valued by the by the customer.
0: Hmm. No, it it, it is. It, it sounds like there are lots of moving parts uh, in general in in this case. Uh, so you mentioned before, you know. You guys haven't been around for for a long time, but you had the uh, whole COVID situation going on at the same time, no? Uh, and being an online business or no, a, a big part of that would be an online channel, no? Um, have you have you seen any changes, let's say, in in how people uh Engage with you guys,
1: yeah uh, definitely I think it is I mean we we still don't know what is the if we are already on the aftermath of uh, of the um, of the situation um, but we've seen a, a huge huge change in 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 several ways and we still see uh, changes that persist uh, even in the situation that we have right now. Um, one I mean I guess the the first one that we didn't see before. Uh, is we are an essential we we are an essential of, uh, offer and service to some people so uh there is some people that cannot get out of home that cannot carry a lot of weight and that um uh, they might not even be uh, comfortable getting out of uh, of home so um we've actually have a huge impact on us it, well, it's been a huge impact to us to to realize that we are actually a, a first uh, first need uh, service, uh, and and that is I mean the, the that kind of uh, that demand of, uh, of of a service uh, which is uh, first um, yeah, first class uh, first class service uh, it it is is it's, it's, it's increasing uh, hugely for us and it has changed basically the way that we see um, our service. Uh, and then there is a clear uh, change in behavior in terms of uh, how much demand there is. So we used to uh, have problems with basically filling our uh, the supply that we could, or we, we used to go before, uh, um, uh, we used to, to go in front of the demand. Now we are behind the demand. So now we struggle to scale at the at the demand that we that we are getting, uh, while before the uh, COVID we were we used to have problems where uh, we we used to have more uh, offer than the. And then the demand that we had, so. so so people are buying
0: a lot more, yeah. Uh, and where where then is is the scalability? Uh, do you have any built in uh, ways of protecting against, let's say, not being able to fulfill uh, that demand? And how has does that work? No, because one thing is now a year after. No, uh, but I'm guessing you know this thing sort of like coming in a spike. No, like you, suddenly you start getting more and more and more, and and it's like OK, we need to do something about this fast. No, uh, do you have any stories? Yeah, yeah. So
1: that, that is the uh, that is one of the I guess uh, interesting things that happened to us in, in COVID, which is we were fairly confident in that we could meet the uh, the demand that we. Uh, we're having and having that spike because at the end of the day, our platform, how it works, is that we just give uh, basically a specific um, a specific uh, offering. So we let's say, for example, it's a bit more complicated, but just to uh, to uh, to simplify, we we can deliver a thousand orders within a day, right? So whenever those orders, uh, uh, whenever we reach a thousand orders, then there cannot be any more orders for the day. So when we saw that there was a spike in demand, we we're not very worried because uh, at the end of the day, we have that limit, right? We yesterday we were doing a lot, a uh, thousand orders. Tomorrow we will do a thousand orders. What what can be the uh, the problem with that? Uh, but then, as always happens, the reality punches you in reality strikes, punch you know? <laughs> in the face. Uh, and what started happening is that the customers start to behave uh, differently, uh, which is basically the orders start to uh, to be more long lived. So tomorrow is uh, full. The day after is full. The day after is full. So people start to buy for six, seven days uh, in advance, and those orders start to um, uh, to get a, a bigger age, right? If with age, uh, we uh, we actually found that uh, the number of orders still um, was a thousand per day, but they grew. The, uh, the orders grew with time because basically you find new needs or because we were on the uh, on the pandemic on the middle of the pandemic and people uh didn't know people were buying toilet paper and, <laughs> and, or, <but laughs> and because there was flour and, <laughs> and because there was problems with the, with the with demand people were basically buying not only their groceries but the groceries for their neighbors so suddenly orders that what I was saying maybe were 80 kilos then it started to be like three hundred kilos four hundred kilos so um, we were very. Uh, we were very calm at the beginning because, um, yeah, because we were saying, well, it's a thousand, a thousand orders is a thousand orders, but, uh, very quickly we started to worry a lot and, uh, had to struggle a lot because we were delivering a thousand orders, which were two, three times uh, bigger than, than before. And that created a huge, um, uh, a huge stress on our, all our supply and logistic, uh, and logistic chain.
0: Uh, and also how do you deal then with, you know, with with products that are not uh, available anymore, or that are not, you know, they because some of these things, yes, you could store and have them available, and you know, just get some more. But there's lots of perishables. There's lots of other things that may not last that long. No, uh, so
1: yeah, and when we, I mean, we were talking about before about what what we the biggest um, uh, the biggest challenges with online uh, groceries. One was the expectation, definitely, uh, but the other one is—is is that basically is what the products that you offer. And when you sell something online, you've kind of made a commitment. So you go to the brick and mortar shop. What is there is the, what you can buy. If if you have it on your cart, done. Yeah. Right. There's <laughs> nothing. The uh, it's not gonna be taken away. It is done. Uh, nobody's gonna come and take it away. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that is not the case in online, right? Because of what you were saying. I mean, it's very easy to have uh, eggs and to have. Hummus, which is one of our uh top uh, top uh, products so sellers yeah but then you go you go to uh, to different products and then it gets harder and harder you get like seasonal things like fruits and veg uh like uh, oranges are uh maybe available certain times of the year uh and then you go to the next level which is things like uh uh fish and and meat uh, the other day we were talking about uh, something very peculiar which is well there was uh, this season or this uh, time where the code was hatching and there was no code so uh you know you cannot you cannot really predict i guess uh where code is going to start hatching and that means that there is no uh code available and you've sold already 300 kilos of code so how what do you do now with uh with that uh, that code that you sold in and and, uh, and don't have any and you know maybe it's not even the, cut, the 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 hatching it might be a you know weather conditions uh might make that you don't fish so much uh, during this week and and you've already sold uh many products uh, with fish so that kind of uh uh guessing and and future telling uh becomes a a huge uh, a huge problem for for the uh, the products that you can and cannot sell uh online hmm.
0: No, that's it sounds Sounds very interesting sounds like there's a lot of uh let's say machine learning or data science happening there now for uh, doing all of this forecasting uh, as well can you say a little bit about that
1: well i guess on, the, on that part it's not that we don't have so much uh forecasting uh and and, and machine learning we do have some kind of uh, we're starting to use some machine learning and, and forecasting in terms of uh, the demand and the offer and all of the parts where uh, we the recommendations uh, within the uh, within the warehouse. There is not much. I think I think there is not much machine learning that you can do uh, machine learning that you can do about. Uh, called hatching. So <laughs> uh, we haven't uh, we haven't started to, uh, to get. you hey, haven't cracked that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't cracked that, that one yet. Uh, but there is there is some stuff that we are doing with uh, with seasonal. Uh, there is also like some problems, for example, with the diameter. Uh, even if it uh, the caliber that we call it uh, of, of fruits. So um, we we sell number of uh, when you when you buy you buy um. Number of fruits, and we we charge by kilo, so there is there a conversion which is quite uh, quite difficult uh-huh. to uh, to achieve, right? So maybe imagine that uh, you are selling uh, fruits, which are uh, you guess that every fruit is hundred grams uh, each each piece. You sell five, so oh. you you charge five hundred grams, but then you have a uh, Great season where now each, uh, each fruit is at uh, 200 grams. So now you end up with a price of double what you charge uh, initially. Uh, so we're trying to uh, to get a little bit fancy with that kind of things, which you can guess because... Of, so that it can adapt,
0: no, based on, on what you're actually buying or getting and have in store. No?
1: Exactly. That is yeah. how um, how well, we are trying to apply maybe like some more fancy um, feedback loops to uh, to adapt to what we're selling or uh, what, what we've... Uh, prepare to what we're gonna uh, to what we're gonna sell in terms of um, products uh, that are sold or or not sold we're still not that uh, that advanced all right um
0: so there's more things to this because there's also you know the whole omni-channel kind of conversation because you you guys mostly do online stuff but you already have a brick and mortar business that is working side by side this uh, you know and and having that let's say information of the consumption and usage who the who the client is and making sure that whether someone goes to the store you know or buys online or whatever interaction they're having with the business you no know, uh is is all part of the same thing you No, know? it's like the the right hand and the left hand know what each other are doing and that is one of those problems that is kind of Tricky to solve. Have you already started dipping into that, or uh, is it still in in the roadmap coming forward?
1: So, I mean, as as, uh, as I would say at the beginning, we we do we are born as tech is born very focused on on the online channel. Uh, we are now at this moment this year is the first time that we are starting to get into into shops. So basically, what we've what we've solved so far is basically big density. Uh, so we're um, We've launched our service in Madrid, Barcelona, and Valencia. Um, with this kind of model of we do have a, basically a dark store where we concentrate all our uh, all our demand. We are starting to get into the into the shops, uh, basically to uh, uh, into the brick and mortar shops to uh, get to to basically the whole Spain, and that's when these things. You know, start to pop up i guess the, this omni channel uh buzz world or hot hot word um it is kind of the pinnacle right the the end the end part i don't i don't think it is so much or it is talk so much because of the value that it gives but it's because if you if you reach that omni channel then it means that you've done a lot of really good things on the on the way right you you can you start i mean we've started with a with a channel which is online um but then you can start like infusing some kind of uh, more advanced technology into your shops, into your brick and mortar shops, into your processes, into your logistics, uh, and then maybe end up having like a, you know, a kind of common common ground data layer that allows you to have that kind of unique view of all of your data and allows you to have that uh, data-driven decisions and that kind of o- that only channel but I, I feel that is that like the the end milestone of, of this uh, kind of yeah so
0: it's a bit like a vision kind of thing we should move towards that no and and, uh, and that's that's a very good point because a lot of the times what tends to happen is you get silos no you get uh, uh, not only within different functions but even Technology-wise, no. You may end up like only this guy's only know about this stuff, but doesn't really communicate well with the rest, no. And uh, and I guess omnichannel or or trying to bring everything together as one is is a key aspect, no. is like by design, you need to start thinking outside of. Your area of responsibility, let's say, or, or, you know, the, the, the part that you're focusing on, no, and how that affects everything else and, you know, radiating information through your systems and, and within the organization and so on, which takes me sort of like to, to another aspect of this because we, we've been talking about challenges and that is all great, but you guys already are doing a lot of these things. So my question would be, what does it take? right like what are the things that uh, you put in place you know starting you know almost from scratch no uh, to make all of these things happening no all of these things happen and and not only from a technology perspective but also i'm guessing that organizational and, and process wise there's lots of changes that needed to happen no for for this to be successful so could you tell us a little a bit about yeah. that
1: so i guess i mean this is not a recipe for success. This is, uh, what, uh, more like lessons learned because yeah, no. <laughs> <This is, laughs> it's a, it's a journey. This, no? is what, this is what we did and and, and things that has uh, helped us. Uh, and I guess there is many ways to, uh, uh to skin the cat. I think that's the uh, the phrase. Um, so basically what we did is, is a little bit of, um, break, break the problem, and focus on, on one thing and only one thing, right? When you were saying before, what about this omnichannel, blah, blah, blah. Then we just said, well, we, we the only thing that we do here is just selling lectures online, right? That is what we do. Uh and that is the only thing that we have to focus on on uh on doing. Everything else uh is for 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 another time. And basically having all of the problems that we, that Mercadona have had before trying to, to solve this uh problem what we decided is okay let's uh, let's do that that is a problem with a lot of uh, infused technology with it so let's create a kind of technology first uh, company so a a company that is born with um, uh, with technology in mind and being digital first uh, which is part of mercadona uh, of course and which main purpose and all of that technology is always, uh, in service for selling the, the leches, selling the, uh, the groceries, uh, yeah. but being, being digital first. And so that is, that is a little bit like, um, isolating the problem instead of, uh, what you were saying before that maybe there is a point where you have to start to take all together and to, uh, to group uh, different parts and broke those, uh, those silos. We started with uh, with a little bit of a silo maybe, uh, to also, um, try and, and and innovate with new ways of, of working and working uh, with this kind of technology first uh, approach to then maybe uh see if that can be applied to uh to all other parts of uh of the um of the company so it's a very kind of lean way of uh, of a, of uh of Achieving or working that kind of a transformation, digital transformation uh, path, which is a yeah, that's what
0: yeah. that's what I was going to say because uh, it's it's not only you know if you're starting digital from the beginning that's great, but you're not in a vacuum, right? Like you're not rebuilding everything from scratch. It's already a business there, so there there is an aspect of bringing at least the areas of the business that that sort of like are. Dependent, or that that need to collaborate now in order for to make this happen no, and that that probably was not a an easy task. No? Definitely, uh,
1: and, and I mean, it was uh, for me, it was a great uh, uh, a great decision uh, that was made in terms of isolating this kind of part, giving it uh, a lot of independence, a lot of autonomy, uh, and let it kind of thrive. Um, But it requires a lot of uh, bold decisions because we've had a lot of freedom uh, to, for example, go like just go into more of technology, uh, go into uh, into the cloud where Mercadona had their own in uh, in premise uh, services. When we go to logistics side, Mercadona was uh, had been already serving online uh, delivery from from their brick and mortar store, and we said no, we're going to go into a dark store. So there is a lot of very bold decisions that had to be made, uh, which were possible only because we were independent because we were given that kind of empowerment to, to take those decisions. And there's one thing that you said as well, that is, we were also given the skills. So we do have our own business. We have our own processes. We have our own operation. We have our own product team and our own engineering team. So, um, Basically, it is the same that we do, maybe with agile teams and squads and whatever you want to call it, at different levels. But at the end of the day, everything is is already invented. You just have to uh, to apply it in in, in all uh, different levels, and this is just another way of uh, of basically taking one mission, giving focus to someone, which is just give me a a proper up to the standards, up to the Mercadona standards uh, online channel, uh, and then give it give to that. A group of people, everything that they need to uh, to thrive and to uh, success and, and and time.
0: I was watching one of your uh, talks, uh, and and you mentioned that the, you guys have sort of like a mantra, no? That uh, we are here to sell lettuce. Now you you already mentioned uh, there's a nosotros vendemos lechugas, right? Uh, and I think this is a, this is a very key point, no? Because um, a lot of the, the times what we find is that there is a split between technology and the business uh, where, where, to some extent, technology is being seen as the end, now, especially if you go and talk to engineers and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, let's do, I don't know, microservices, let's do that. But the why? No, is the, the, the there's that connection uh, with, you know, what is the value? That you're trying to achieve or the realize for the business, no, and I feel like that's a key element, no, but based on on what you said on the talk and so on. We will put the link somewhere so that people can can watch it. Also, um, that's a key aspect, no, because it you are focused. It's one thing, right? Like giving that mantra, sort of like gets everyone going on the same direction right and uh, making sure that whatever it is that we're doing is is helping to get us there right so that alignment at all levels not just technology but but the business uh, entirely now you mentioned product you mentioned sales and so on so that's that's key um, are there any other um, areas or maybe practices or you, know, let's say lessons learned, no, from, uh, from this experience that you want to share?
1: So, so I guess, um, I mean, what I would, what I would say is you can go a lot into depth of uh, those things that you've said. And, and I think that is where the lessons learned are. Um, when you go into, into depth of, for example, um, do not take the solutions, take the, take the, uh, the problems and then find a solution. Like we were saying before, right, with with this uh, omni-channel. I mean, you go to a conference, you hear about omni-channel, and then you suddenly, uh, you have to implement omni-channel. Well, no, you find your problems, do the right diagnosis, which is really important, right? Um, and think that that diagnosis changes with time. So uh, different channels in your company might be on different places, uh, and, at, and at different times might be on different places. And here there is a, Really nice framework uh, that I that I use a lot here in in Mercadona because that is a a great example for for our situation. We have shops which we know how to sell lettuces, right? And we've do, been doing for for forty years. So it is very uh, it is a very different problem from selling lettuces online because we don't have any freaking idea of how to do it. So when you have a channel which is very mature, which you know how to uh, to uh, uh, to operate it then you're probably on a more of a optimization problem and you need some skills you need some tools to uh, to solve uh, that problem but when you are on a pro on a problem where you have a lot of um, uh, a lot of unknowns uh, then there is way the, the tools to solve that problem is is completely different right there is uh, this is this framework that I was talking um, which is the uh, Ken Beck the creator of uh, of XP, which is the three X's. I talk a lot about this one, which is basically think about your company, about your team, about your uh, product, which being on one of the three, on three levels. You could be on exploring. So you don't know, you still don't don't have a, a clear product that sells well, that has uh, engaged your, your, your customers and they're the the there's a lot of unknowns so you need a lot of innovation a lot of exploration you need a lot of autonomy a lot of uh, mm-hmm. empowerment um to basically try many different things um then you might find that one of them work and work very well so you start to scale right you get a lot of demand and then suddenly the problem is very different and you need different tools to uh, to solve that problem right and that's the second x, x scale <laughs> so it's not really an x, but i guess <laughs> we'll we'll take it uh, and then that that kind of demand, that scale will will basically plateau at some point, right? We don't have more demand, and then at that point you have a huge a huge volume, uh, and then you you need to optimize that volume, right? Now the one percent is huge when you are exploring. One percent is nothing, or when you are scaling, uh, but now suddenly when you turn that knob one uh, percent, then you get huge uh, huge uh, volumes and huge uh, huge increases. So, you know. Doing the right diagnosis on each project, each team, each kind of channel, where you are on the, those three and, and maybe some other dimensions uh, is huge. And then you go to kind of the, uh, okay, now once that we know that we have a lot of unknowns, like in our case, um, what are the solutions, right? And and there, since we in Mercadona Tech, uh, we do have all of these unknowns. We, I mean, I as a leader, I don't know how to tell my my team how how do you sell uh, leches because I mean it was a one way before the COVID and it's one way another, uh, one way now right so I don't I cannot tell them how to do it I can empower them to find their best way uh, to do it so I have to find the right tools to uh, to enable that and uh, that has a lot to do with basically a, a very lean process so trying many things uh, rapidly uh, doing very short loops. Feedback, uh, loops, learning, feedback loops, just learning learning yeah. fast
0: and, and adapting no the context change you know recognize that and and adapt no?
1: it has many words you can say just dynamism uh, being learning all the time uh, having as many uh, as many feedback loops th- as many things that tell you if you're okay if you're going the right direction or not and when you're not going to the right direction uh, change that uh, that direction you can call that lean you can call that agile. XP.
0: What What are some of the indicators that you personally use to to understand that? Do you, do you have any uh, I don't know metrics that you look at or uh, something that sort of tells you uh, we're on the right track? Let's say.
1: So uh, it depends on on the on the level. Since I'm the kind of the CTO, that maybe I can I can uh, give more more insight <laughs> in yeah. the uh, engineering side. So uh, I've always divided the. Me as a leader and as a team, the kind of support that I have to give to uh, to my team in, in three parts, have to give support in terms of uh, people. We are people, so I have to Get feedback and receive feedback from uh, from uh, from my manager, and, uh, and I want to develop my career, and I want to you know be a better person tomorrow than I'm than I'm today. And on that part, we we do have uh, we do use a, a product which is called Office Vive, which basically sends a survey to the to all of developers uh, about all of about many different uh, topics, and basically uh, at the end of the day, we get kind of a, a some cap k- KPIs uh, like uh, NPS and. And then promoter score, uh, would you recommend to work in this company? Yeah,
0: we, we actually use it internally. Also, uh, it, it gives you uh, uh, several dimensions of the organizational climate. Now, like how aligned are people to I don't know the vision? Like how are the relationships with coworkers or with their managers? Or you know, do they do they feel like their work matters and so on? Right, like there's there's lots of areas in
1: that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that that is the the. Um... The um that, that is one of the uh, of the metrics. Uh then in terms of the second leadership that I that I find is we call it being a driver. Uh so you are part of a team that delivers value. So I have to give support in delivering that value. Um so there we have a few metrics coming from uh the accelerate book, uh which is basically um how many times, how fast do we give uh, value? I think what is our lead time when we start doing something what how, how long does it take us to for this to to um, to give value to our customers um and how many changes do we do per day the, the kind of the, the deployments per day uh and we basically try to those kpis to to increase it because the more times that we deliver value the more feedback loops as we were saying before we uh, receive and then in terms of uh, and, then, and then that is the second kind of the like, second uh, column of our leadership and the third column is the technical, right? Uh, so we we have to deliver value uh, in an excellent way, in an engineering excellent way. Uh, so with quality, uh, and without disrupting the um uh, the operations of our uh, of our hive so as i was saying before mass much of our work goes into a warehouse uh of 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 the sorry on the products that run on our warehouses and on our warehouses we have around fifteen hundred people uh, at at one moment uh working so when we deploy something that is not working we we could have um a lot of people with the cross uh, uh yeah, so the one percent
0: you know errors is a it is lot. a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> no,
1: it is a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know the fish kind of uh, uh, rotting in the uh, in the warehouse if you're not preparing it and blah blah blah. So it's uh, uh we I, I think uh, the other day we were we were checking that we we move every day something like 30, 40 tons of, of food. So uh, when you if you somehow disrupt that. Uh, it is uh, it's a huge problem. So, so in that in that side in that kind of quality and 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 technology support as, as leadership, the metrics that we use is uh, error rate. So, how many of those deployments go with a, with a bug or with something that blocks uh, the e commerce or the warehousing processes? And the MTTR, the mean time to restore. So, how long when when something goes wrong? How long does it take us to 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 recover from that? Um, and all of those metrics if you see it is basically what we were saying before uh, basically pushes you to get a lot of um, feedback loops right to do a lot of things very very uh, small or start start few things and finishing them very very fast uh, and doing them do that many times right Um, so we might have we might use many many metrics but they are all very aligned with the um, with a high-level kind of a uh, culture,
0: and and that combined with the um, with the learning aspect, no, with the uh, you know, it's not just oh, we we got an error in production, no, and and we were able to solve it really quickly, but you know, what happened? How do we make sure that you know that doesn't happen again? And that part of the feeding that back into the continuous improvement, you no, know, kind of machinery right or or mindset uh i think that's that's very important and and there's there's one aspect of that uh that i like a lot uh which is you know most of the metrics they mentioned are pretty easy to to get like they don't require a lot of of effort it doesn't matter what your process is no? like if you if you have five stages and you have approvals in between or whatever that's that's all fine. You just need to. When do we start? When do we finish? Do we have a problem? No. How many times a day do we do that? No. And and so on. Right. So, uh, I think it's something that is very transferable to to other organizations, not just retail. Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, the the only one that we've taking maybe a little bit more of time to to specify and it's not so much about the implementation but is the what does it mean is the lead time which is a little bit uh, can be a little bit confusing in different places are uh, different things but it's more about the definition if you kind of define it in a um, uh, in a specific way then yeah they're, they're fairly easy to uh, to follow and to um, uh, and to learn from them which is basically a little bit what, what you were saying no the like here what we all of these are just feedback loops which then we learn from them and we adapt if we think that we're not doing the um the right things we do i do share that that kind of uh, interest in terms of uh, post-mortem and blameless post-mortem right is um, um is the objective of the post-mortem not to find uh who did what but how we make sure that this doesn't happen again and how do we make these our uh our platform and our product to be uh this concept that that i find very fascinating the anti-anti-fragile anti-fragilities right so how do we find the anti-fragility how do we make our system uh every time that something goes wrong our system gets stronger uh so basically you the resilience no?
0: that that capability to to just improve on top of yeah
1: there is this um um this concept of uh or this example of uh sometimes uh, some I don't know where where the region was but uh, to tackle this problem with the uh, uh, uh forest fires huge forest fires um the the solution to that was actually to create uh little fires because that actually made the firefighters to be able to uh, um coordinate better because they had a lot of better uh a better um training on how to fight the the fire the 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 um, fires but it also made uh, it basically uh, uh, wastes and and combusts all of the actual uh, uh, sorry all of the fuel of the fire, right? So when you when you actually and you purposely uh, create little fires, which are uh, very controlled, you won't have huge fires because most of the fuel used for that fire has already been burned. So Uh, It it seems kind of uh, counterintuitive, but sometimes things going wrong in a control manner actually makes the system stronger. So uh, that is a little bit the philosophy that we uh, take behind all of this kind of resilience and auto-control. We embrace incidents because they make us stronger. We have to make sure that we control the blast and the impact that the uh, incidents have. But we do see them as a source of uh, of information and as a source of making us stronger uh which again this is already uh, this is already invented with airing is the the only way of learning and blah 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 right but yes apply to yeah, something it, else
0: and it and it's interesting you are saying it because normally like you would read articles I don't know uh, Netflix and the Chaos Monkey or the whatever no bringing down the system randomly just to to test how you know reliable it is and you know if something didn't work let's put a patch and, and try to like make it work next time no um and it's something that can be applied you know, at, at any level no but uh, I I can uh. It's, let's say it, that's only possible if you're able to do it. No, like if you have the capabilities and the skill set in order to, you know, have small increments of value added and, you know, testing and being able to recover and all of that. What are what are some of the practices? And I know here, you know, you already talked about extreme programming and so on, but uh, there's a lot more that that goes into that. Could you could you Tell us a little bit about that. I know we are going more on the engineering <laughs> side of things, but that's uh, but it, it, it is it is important because it's, it's part of the building blocks. No, like I was saying before, technology is not the end. No, but it is a means to an end, and it, it's also very important to choose the right uh, tool sets. No, in, in order to get you to where you want to be. No.
1: So, um, yeah, that, I mean. This goes into different levels, as you say. right? We call it when we talk about business is lean. When we talk about product is uh, agile and uh, it is about uh, design thinking. And when we go to engineering, we've taken the XP kind of uh, approach, which has a lot of values and a lot of um, uh, practices. Just to summarize, uh, one thing that I like to say to my team is all that we do is feedback loops okay and what does that mean what is what does translate into day-to-day uh well it translates that you should be doing pair programming because that is the fastest uh feedback loop that um, you have right when you have someone sitting next to you uh basically is giving live feedback on on what you're doing uh, then you start writing a, a test uh and that is a feedback loop right because you're going to be red at the beginning when you then write some uh, some code, it goes green. That is a feedback loop. Then you very quickly uh, do a pull request uh, and that runs the continuous integration uh, test suite or whatever you have, well, that is what we use. That is another feedback loop. Uh, you open the pull request, you get some comments from your peers, that is a feedback loop. Um, you go fast to production. That is a feedback loop because you know if you've broken something or you haven't broken something, product learns about the uh, product. Uh, but even i I, w- I would actually take it uh, even outside of those engineering practices. When you do a one to one with your uh, with your manager, that is that is a feedback loop, right? You tell how you f- you tell your your manager how you feel, how you think you're doing and your manager might tell you how you're doing. When you do a retro, that is a feedback loop from the team right demos are feedback loops so uh i mean i guess that is a little bit of a of the a bunch of uh kind of more down-to-earth uh practices that we that we use but they all the the, the, the fancy th- the funny thing is that they all kind of uh, can be embraced into that very simple all we do is feedback loops if you're doing something that is not a feedback loop then check out because check check uh, because maybe you have to uh you got to whatever you are doing, you should get some feedback from, from what you're doing, if you're doing it okay and not. And then maximizing the, that's, that's the feedback loop that we have right now, but try to maximize the number of uh, feedback loops that we have. So if you find that there is something that we could do to get better information, uh, let's do it and let's uh, let's try it. Obviously, always taking into account that all of those feedback loops have a cost. So we should be uh, wary of that. And, and And we embrace that cost. Being trying to uh to, to minimize it as much as we can, uh, given the value that uh, gives us that.
0: Yeah, this is this is another aspect where choosing uh, wisely now will help you reduce that. No, if you're let's say if you're putting if you're putting stuff into production, no, and you're doing that through a very lengthy process that you know maybe it's not automated and so on, uh, The likelihood, no, the the cost that you have to pay every time that you want to, it's it's higher than if you try to automate it, because that basically the transaction cost, no, just goes down, right? And then you could just simply do it more often and and hold, you know, less inventory, no, like like let be, uh, you don't have to go through big bang releases or releasing batches and that kind of stuff, which is normally how you. Tend to mitigate a a little bit that, Uh, but that's only possible if you have the right tooling in place. Now, like you said, the CI/CD and you know all the uh, automated tests and so on, so that you can detect things as early as possible, right, and manage the risk and so on, but also make it very easy to repeat right like if you have to go through a quality process that you know involves people manually going through scripts and and you know testing things that's going to take a very long time so you don't you, you you won't be using that very often. <laughs> no, it is a big transactional cost. No, um,
1: yeah. So that, that, that maximizing the feedback loops is one of our values. The other value is uh, what we were talking before about selling ledges, right? We are a, we are here as a, a engineering team, but we are a product engineering team. Everything that we do serves the product, serves selling of uh, more ledges. Um, so so basically, that kind of makes makes the uh, the balance of uh, if what how we what we kind of uh, uh we value our work in the in the way that we deliver uh value then um we need to make sure that all of those feedback loops that are so important takes uh are as as automated as possible because that will allow us to concentrate in what is important which is everything that sells more uh more leches so doing doing um Manual things only like what is it two or three times and then you have to uh, to automate it is, uh, is is very important so there we do have CI CD we do use uh, Jenkins, uh we are on the GCP uh, and we use GKE so we have Kubernetes, um and basically using we use Spinnaker and Kubernetes to basically have a very very lean and very fast uh delivery to to production so we 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 do something like I think it is right now uh 10 to 15 deployments a day to production and in this again in this context of a of a warehouse that is is uh where hundreds and hundreds of people are, are working so a fairly uh brave and or fairly um bold kind of a process but it actually works right it it, it basically compenses or like balances out the uh the different needs balances out um uh, the technology side and the and the product side
0: Okay. Well, Fernando, I'm, I'm aware of, uh, the time. It, uh, it's, it's a pleasure, uh, talking to you. Before we close, uh, the session, I always ask people, is there any recommendations, any uh, books, uh, talks or anything like that you want to, um, you know, share with the people listening that maybe, maybe more into, maybe, Maybe interested in knowing more about the topics that we've discussed, uh, anything that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, things that come to mind, in terms of maybe the practices that uh, we've talked about, I think uh, here in Spain, Eduardo Ferro is a huge uh, source of uh, information, uh, great Um uh, great source of shout!
0: Shout to him! Shout uh, to him! Let, let, let's see if we can get him on the podcast. This is a... am <laughs> throwing the I'm throwing the
1: <laughs> since if, uh, he catches it. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's got actually we've been doing today. He's got a very nice uh, kata or a workshop which is uh, parallel changes uh, that we love. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, then in terms of management, I, I follow Felix Lopez, which is uh, also a great source of uh, of a lot of. Uh, amazing things. Uh, and then in terms of like the product and what we've talked about lean and design thinking uh, and maybe more on the business side, I've uh, been reading lately a couple of books that uh, I think are uh, really, really good. One is uh, from Zero to zero to One, I think it is called, um, from Jeff Lawson, one of the, is one of the uh, mafia, uh, the PayPal mafia members. Uh, he's I think now in Palantir And he basically talks about it's not the same to go from zero to one that to go from one to two or three or four, right? Once that it once that there is something, once that there is a one, uh, then there is one thing about the scaling and multiplying that, and and that is one way of uh, of uh, that is one problem. Uh, but it's a completely new problem when you want to go from zero to one, right? Creating something that doesn't existed before, that kind of innovation and uh, innovation about uh, as a, as the means um to achieve the impossible and not so much as uh, as just because i have to have a innovation uh department in my company right what we were saying before about finding the problem and then uh using the right tool that might be innovation but not innovation just because it's cool and and i can put it on on linkedin uh and then there is another one for for more of the business side which is uh, ask your uh, ask your developer from the twilio uh founder which uh, talks a little bit ab- about like all of these changes that uh, are happening with the uh, software industry coming into like uh, legacy uh, or like more on brick and mortar and traditional maybe businesses and how important it is to to understand how development and the software work uh, the software industry works because it is fairly different from many other industries and and not understanding that it is a can cause a, a lot of pain in in your company
0: so that's a a few few picks oh that's a good that's a good list that's a good list uh, okay so uh that is it for today's session uh, thank you very much fernando for thank you husband, yeah. thank you for your time and uh hope to see you uh again some other some other time i, I really enjoyed the talk so um yeah that's that's it and for everyone else uh, see you around on the next uh, episode